the secret isn't the steps. The secret is to how how to maintain your life. It's how to be a person. Yeah. And launch and to a do book. this and feel excited about it and look forward to launching your book yes. instead of dreading it and feel soul sucking. Is this there is, a way? I have yes. been trying to figure this out for five years. <laughs> That's the challenge of being a hope writer. You need to know how you can launch a book and stay a human being, a mom, a spouse, a parent whose family still knows you and loves you. Yeah, it can be done, but you may not learn how by Googling, but you could learn how by listening to this episode. Welcome to the Hope Writer Podcast. This is episode four of season three, book launch secrets Google won't tell you. Maybe you're getting ready to launch a book, traditionally published or self-published, both need launches, Or maybe you're writing a book proposal and you get to the part where the publisher wants to see your ideas for launching your proposed book and you go, uh. Or maybe you're just trying to learn everything you can about book publishing and launching's part of that. Well, this episode's for you. You're going to get tips and ideas for how to enjoy your launch and feel happy and satisfied about it, when to start thinking and planning your launch, and the inside reality of how a book launch really feels and how to take the pressure off. The Hope Writer Podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. If you want your writing to give others hope, we want to give you hope. And just for listening to the podcast, we'd love to give you a thank you gift. Four proven tips to instantly improve your writing. It's a free four-part video series. Just visit hopewriters.com slash podcast to get your free writing tips, four simple but effective ideas that'll make you a better writer. It's for you just for listening. Go to hopewriters.com slash podcast. Your hosts on the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Mike Willen-Smith, marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, who also writes books. I'm Gary Moreland, Mike Willen and Emily's dad. My first book is out right now. In the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, so you've been writing for a while, but you feel like you're not really growing an audience, not many comments, not many subscribers, not much feedback. Should you change what you write about? And how do you know? And what would you change to? Well, that's episode three of season three, How to Know When to Change Course in Your Writing, the previous episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. This episode, book launch secrets Google won't tell you. Book launches are kind of like buying a house. You don't really do it often enough to become an expert at it. And then after you do it, you always see how you could have done it better. Well, let's see how to do it better before we do it. Okay, so you have you have a book that's written. It's too either, late to start thinking about it. Nope. Either you published <laughs> nope. it. You got to start way back. <laughs> oh, you're saying think like about your book yeah, launch before you write it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's part of the fun is, is thinking about it. As I think about the book proposal, in the book proposal is the launch it's not even a strategy. It's like the fun. What are launch ideas? It's so fun. Yeah, it can be fun, yeah. especially if you do it that far in advance. When if, you're, uh, yeah, when and so you think, what should? What's in my gifting that I would enjoy that makes sense with this topic? That the ideal reader that would really speak to them and help them or draw them. That's such a fun way to think about it. Instead of like. What printable do I have to create to go with this? So you're writing a book now then. You're in the middle of the writing part. Mm-hmm. How much, where does the writing and the launching thinking, are they at the same time? Do they influence each other for you? Well, I've already thought about the launch stuff Okay. before I start writing the book. Because that's part of the proposal. Because that was part of the proposal. So the marketing plan mm-hmm. is part of the book launch, mm-hmm. which is part of the proposal to get the publisher to sign the book. Mm-hmm. Which is the beauty of a proposal because it makes you think about things you're going to have to think about anyway. That's right. right. So as something... you're writing the book, you're also thinking about the launch of the book while you're writing. Yes. But I feel like I already have a way bigger step on that because I've already thought about the launch of the book. So mm-hmm. now I get to just write the book and then I'll start thinking about you know launching it 
Love the it. plan already have in place. Can you give an example of like one of the things you're going to do as you launch it? Well, one's a secret, and I'm not going to tell you right I now. I think I know it. <laughs> we called this episode secret. I know, but like this is a secret. secret. It's too early though. Too yeah, because okay. I do have a long lead time. I have so 18 good. months, right. but I have something really fun because last time I didn't do this right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I just what became I became a robot. So your last book came out in 2014, and I wrote it, and then I was like, "Oh, it's two months before, and I'm supposed to do something about this." I don't know this. What do I do? Meaning like to sell it. Yeah, I need to be talking about this book. So I just thought I had to do it the way everyone else did it. And that made me want to die. And I was tired because I didn't prepare for that ahead of time. I prepared for writing the book. And, oh, I should, you know, have help with meals and tell Chad I need loan time and write the book. But I didn't protect that time for the launch. I didn't think about that. I only thought about it for when, you know, the year before when I wrote the book. So launch time came around and I wanted to die and kill everyone. (laughs) Basically, you wanted the world dead. I wanted no more living humans. It was awful. Right. But it didn't have to be awful. It could have not been awful. I didn't know how to make it. Right. When you say you thought you had to launch your book like everyone else, how does everyone else launch a book? Um, Podcast, TV, if you can. The goal is to get your face on the side of the bus. No, it's not. Unless your reader is looking at the sides of buses. <laughs> My reader's point. not looking at the yeah. side of a bus. She's in her house she looking at her like empty buses. wall. No, yeah. There's no buses there. Yeah. TV shows I wouldn't watch. <laughs> Don't need to do that. You know, be where they are. And who better to know where they are than the person that convinced a publisher to write the book because you know your reader. So well. Right. So you mm. probably have a really good head start on knowing where your reader hangs out or where she would want to hang out or where she would want to meet you and the book that will help her. And that can be fun thinking about that. It changed everything for me to think about it in a in a fun like, oh, this is just to celebrate with the readers. Well, yeah. I mean, when we talk about book launch secrets, I mean... We do it always through the filter of being a hope writer. And so as hope writers, you know, there are, you could Google Butch, book, <laughs> you could, <laughs> don't, you'd find don't nothing. Google Butch, because <laughs> Google Butch. you'll get a whole other direction. About hope writers. Right. You could Google <laughs> book launch secrets and you you could get lots of steps of ways to, of things to do, to get on, try to get on this bestseller list how to's. and how to, you know, all, all the things. And, and you should do that. You should it's Google that and out there. look at that. Mm-hmm. But, but, but when we have a conversation here around our table, I want to I want to share things that maybe you couldn't find if you were going to mm-hmm. Google about book launches. And so that's why we like to gather and do it this way. I mean, we've talked about this part before when I launched my first book. There was no plan. Like it was just like I wrote the book. That was the plan. Write right. the book. <laughs> Check that <laughs> the book launch plan was now Step I have one, a book. Right book. <laughs> right book. Step 2. Done. You're done. <laughs> Yeah. The secret isn't the steps. The secret is to how how to maintain your life. It's how to be a person. Yeah. And launch. And to do this and feel excited about it and look forward to launching your book instead of dreading it and feel soul sucking. Is there a way? I have been trying to figure this out for five years. And Mm -hmm. because we have friends now, we have a lot of friends who have written and launched books multiple times. And I can't tell you the number of times I have said, or I have heard a friend say, or you say, the week the book comes out, I'm so sick of this book. Mm. <laughs> I just yep. want to go on a desert island. And, and things just got started. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing to say, if you don't love your topic enough to talk about it for two years or five or whatever, then maybe it's not the right topic. But I definitely think that 
learning for the book launch part to be a part of the whole creative process and not like, okay, now I'm a marketer and I have to do things that are totally unnatural for me. Like the further back you think about it, like you're doing now, the more human you can be when you move into it. Because there's no, no pressure on you then. Yeah. It's like now you can, you have the space to sort of be a person and think about it in ways that make sense to you. Because if you do wait, then the pressure's on. And then you're getting ideas from other people who are maybe on the marketing team who would have been glad to hear your ideas. But if you don't have any, then they're going to maybe help you think of some and they might end up being stuff that you don't want to do or intuitively, you know, that's not going to work, but you don't have a better idea. So you just kind of go with it because you have to do something. And that's a really, really frustrating place to be. Mm -hmm. Ask me how I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's our job to have a creative book launch that feels right to us. It took me doing that wrong to learn that. And I know this time I'm not going to get it all the way right. I'm going to feel a little better about it. And in 10 books, <laughs> I'll feel a lot better if I ever do more. <laughs> more. There's creativity, though, that goes with think, thinking of things for a launch. And mm-hmm. the best way to do creativity is when you feel good and when you feel confident and when there's not a lot of pressure on you and there's right. not a have-to kind of thing. So why not when you're creating the message to the book and pitching that and why people would love it. It's such a great time to think about the launch all at the same time. Like for me, that was when I was doing the book proposal to think about how do I want to get this out there? It just made sense. And that was fun to think about then. And I think one way that you can do that is to just ask yourself the question, what if I, and then just answer it. And at the point when you're just writing the book proposal, like there are no limits, there's no budget, Mm -hmm. there's no expectation. There's nothing. So why not just sort of dream in the early stages, you know, of something that's the blue sky period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can look that up. BJ Novak talks about that, (laughs) but, um, of giving yourself permission, just sort of fall in love with an idea and give it some space and some room to breathe. And then as you write the book, those ideas will either die away or they'll grow, or you might have new ideas or they might have to be pared down. But what a shame to not dream big enough and then and then you know you realize like oh I could have done this thing if I would have given myself the space to sort of think that way but I don't know that I've actually ever done that with a launch I think the next you know looking forward I always feel a little bit hustled like on myself or whatever the mm-hmm. word is like I feel like I have I always feel a little rushed mm-hmm. when it comes to that and I think part of that is just the nature of it that's right. just you're you can't get away from that I don't think anyone can like yep be launching something and feel so centered and so, but I think you can feel more that way. I think there is, you don't have to be a crazy person, but I would love to hear like what are, and, and Brian from you too, like, cause you've launched a lot of things in yep. your lifetime. Um, like what are things that, that, that didn't work? And then just for you personally, it might be that they worked for someone else, but they didn't work for you. And then what are things that just like, Oh, I didn't know this would work, but that really worked or I loved it or whatever the thing was. And how do you define what, how do you find work? Right. There you go. <laughs> Math. <laughs> math. Brian defines it by math. You don't Numbers. always get math, though. That's. I wish it was always that easy, but yeah. you don't always get to see. When I define every success by math, I'm always discouraged. That's true. So I have to have some math. Yeah. And then some like something else, some kind of heartbeat. I think. I think maybe the reason some people are listening. If you if if you're not a hope writer listener, if this is just the one episode you're listening to, you're probably listening to this for the math, which is like, how do I hit the New York Times bestseller list? I was. I had a conversation the other day with um, a first-time author, but he's relaunching his book, and I had just mentioned that in the passing comment about how difficult it is and how there's a whole science to it, and. The next follow-up call we had, he, that's all he wanted to talk about was how to hit the New York Times mm-hmm. bestseller list. And and my point to him was, like, that's just, that's, that's not even something you can really plan for. 
You know, you should launch a book in a way that you're happy with, that serves your reader, that helps to maximize sales. You want to do that. And so there's some strategies to that that we can talk about. So I think the math is part of it. But like you're saying, it's about the life balance as well. And I think it's really about serving your reader for the long term. Because I would much rather have somebody buy my book that becomes a lifer, which Celine Johnson calls a lifer, like a lifetime reader, as opposed to they just bought my book because I had some cool bonuses or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know? So... Think about some cool bonuses. Those are a great way to get a book out, you know, like make it an event, you know, it can be, it can be a lot of fun to do that. And, and, you know, if you're working with a traditional publisher, a lot of times there's something you wanted to put in the book that just got pulled out for some reason, you know, you didn't, you weren't able to do that chapter or maybe there's some video content that would have made sense with the book, but there's no way to like include a DVD in the book. Like you can have some bonusy things that you can put on your website. If they buy the book, they fill out a little form and they get the bonusy stuff. And that does work, okay? That's, that's a great way to launch a book is have a very short window, you know, a five-day launch window. If you buy it within these five days, you get this cool bonusy stuff. And I've seen that with clients that we help them launch the book. It's a lot of fun yeah. to kind of come up with those ideas. So that's maybe one tip for the book launch secrets part. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't ever control the results. You can only control the action that you take. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. And so my encouragement is do a bunch of things that fit you and know that, hey, some of them are going to work and some of them aren't. And usually the things that work are the things that you didn't really think that would work that well. And sometimes it's the simplest things. Like yes. things, the more complicated something gets, the less likely it's going to work. Like if you make people have to do too many steps or right. too many things or jump mm-hmm. through some hoops or mm-hmm. post this and then go to the store and then do this and then right. do a backflip, pick your nose and take a picture <laughs> of it and hashtag it. Like, really? Would that work? It's just, no, I'm saying it, the no. less, the more they have to do, the less likely, yes. you know, obviously. But I know for me, like my last book that we launched, we had a launch team. That's my favorite thing ever. And I didn't get a launch team with my first three books. It wasn't even on the radar screen. I don't know if it just wasn't something people did or if like it wasn't part of the budget. I don't know. Cause we did end up having a launch team manager that the publisher paid for and, and I think, and you don't have to have a launch team manager to have a launch team, but I was sure thankful for mine. Cause then I just got to be the author and it was, you know, just a group of people who believed in the book, who got it early, and it was maybe six weeks ahead of time that they got the book and they read it, and then they agreed to write, they agreed to write reviews on different online places, and they, you know, it's it's stuff that we've heard, but that works, okay? So like, the, the, that's what works. But but what we don't remember is that like, as a as a person who's writing a book who's afraid of launching yep. this thing into the world, even though I've done it before, but you've never you've never sold this book before you've never talked about this book before it's a, still a new thing for you they could still hate you and it could still fail it big could time still fail big time this could be the one that just <laughs> knocks you off the map or whatever you just don't know how it's going to f- be but let me tell you what makes it 300 times better is having 300 people or 450 <laughs> i think is how many we had on our launch team awesome. behind you yep. when you on that launch day because there's nothing like knowing people have already read the book mm. and they still like you. They stuck with you. <laughs> and they like the message and they get it. You at know, least I've got about, you. Yeah, at least it's not even about like them liking me. I joke about that. But just the fact that they read it, they know what they're getting and and they're still moving forward in my corner. There is nothing like it. And mm-hmm. if you can only do one thing when you launch your book, for me personally, I would say have a group of, of your target readers who are willing to be in your corner. I mean, it, you might not get 400. You might get 50. You, even if you only had 10, like just... If you have a group of people who are willing to be committed to you for the few weeks of the launch, um, it makes such a great difference. I was shocked 
I was shocked at how much I loved it. Yeah, why was it your favorite thing? Just I don't, I think it was, I'm a relational person. I'm a connector, so that's part of it. I love the fact that we live in a world these days where we can connect directly with our reader. And to have my reader also be like part of my publicity team, it's like it doesn't get any better, you know? And like, they're just like, they're doing it. The only thing in it for them is, I don't even know what's in it for them because I wasn't part <laughs> of the team. They have fun. They get like, to see behind the fun. scenes. They get to read it first. But like to me, it yeah. felt like such a gift. Like to this day, when I will see someone who's like, I was on your launch team, I have to give them a hug and like get a picture because <laughs> I want to thank, I don't know how to thank them. Like I, I still feel like I haven't thanked them adequately for what they did, just even for me personally and for the message of the book, because I believe in that book and to have a little tribe who was, who believed in it too, was you need that so don't you as an author mm. it's just so much of the work that we do is alone and is sort of isolating that to just know that there's people who are in your corner it, it makes the critiques not as because because then when you get a bad review because they come you you remember that all books are not for all people but that's okay because it was for these people and I already know like yeah. it just makes it I don't take myself so seriously because it's like you're with a group of people who remind you that this book was for them though it may not be for all and that was invaluable. Mm. I've got two secrets, quote unquote secrets. Uh, first one is when you start getting sick of your book, that's just when people start paying attention. That's exactly right. So know that, you know, the old marketing ad is like people have to hear the message seven times before they start paying attention or before they buy. Like it is kind of true. Like even though you've been working on your book for a long time and you've been talking about it with your book launch team, like it's really third or fourth day of the launch that people actually start paying attention. They're like, oh, it's available for sale now? Yeah, it is. And there's only a couple more days to buy the to get the bonuses. So put your put your plan in place, but actually follow your plan. You know, so don't give up halfway through just because you're getting tired of it because that's just when people are starting to pay attention. So that's that's definitely number one. Um, and then number two is it's not too it's never too early to plan your book launch. And one tip I have for you is to create what I call a swipe file. So as you're on Instagram, you know, and you see somebody launching their book, and you're like, oh, I love that post. Take a screenshot of it. You know, put it in a little folder called book launch you know, and, and you're online and you see, you, you get an email of somebody launching their book and you're like, I'm going to launch my book in a couple years from now. Well, screenshot that, that email or forward it, you know, put in Evernote or tag it in your Gmail and, you know, with book launch. And so then when you go in your book launch, you've got all these emails that have already been written by other people for ideas, you for mean. ideas, so you've got I'll all copy these them directly, posts. please not word for word. That's right. But you've got, <laughs> but what happens is you basically have all of these other recipes that people have followed and now you can make your perfect meal because you can kind of take a little bit from each person. It does change how I take in content yep. is that I really try to pay attention to why did I st stop scrolling just now? Yes. And I try to make a note for myself to learn um, or like, oh, why did I just take action on that email? Instead of just being the robot, you know, and like taking action and doing the thing, which is exactly what we want people to do. Sometimes like we want to bring people in and right. have them, you know, have a call to action and have them. But, but when I'm the consumer, I'm really trying to pay attention to what makes me consume something and what makes me ignore something because that's you wanna, equally as valuable. You want to learn. Because I want to learn. trying to learn yes, something. right. Always learning, right. It's never been a better time to have a really interesting book cover if you're marketing to everyone or a beautiful book cover if you're marketing to women. Mm -hmm. Because of Instagram and Pinterest, as much as we, it kills us to admit, you know, the whole judging a book by its cover, it's so worth it. If I am going to put something on my own Instagram account, just like everyone in the world, we're going to choose the pretty thing or the not so pretty thing. Right. Yes. You've taught me that sister in a lot of ways, because um, when we get like first round of covers or, you know, whenever we're looking at book covers or anything that we're trying to 
really just let's talk, since we're talking about books, but when I look at a, um, a potential cover, you know, you always say the cover doesn't have to indicate everything that's in the book. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to encapsulate like the message of the yeah, book in one image job. or one color. The cover has to get you to pick up the book. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't even get you to read the book. It yeah. just gets you interested. It gets you to stop scrolling. It gets you to, if you're the bookstore, you pick it up and you turn <laughs> it over and you go to the back cover. Mm-hmm. And each thing just gets you to the next step. Just yep. like in a, when you're writing, the first sentence, the headline gets you to read the first sentence. The first sentence gets you to read the second sentence. So it's it doesn't have to be you know, sometimes, you know, we can get caught up in thinking like, but that's not really the exact thing. And the cover is not exactly the same. Just let the cover be a cover and don't make right. it try to do a job that's not meant for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's a big part of your launch, honestly, is the co- is the covering. Yes. Well, I was so surprised that Instagram worked so well when mm. it did that I just kind of stumbled into that. Now, my whole thing I write about is a visual thing. So that lends itself to that anyway. Yeah. But it made me realize that, oh, I always want to make it a point to have a cover that really will appeal visually to the people that I hope will read the book. I want them to love the cover more than I want to love the cover, but I do think I know best that because (laughs) I'm writing the content to them. So hopefully I will have a lot of input on what they will like, but it's really important to me to have a, a beautiful cover because I'm marketing to women and I want them to love it. And a book is more than just something we read. It's something we set out, something we carry around and we want to have that emotional connection with it and love that we own it. I'm always judging the books by the covers. That's what everyone does. So when you, Michael, you kind of address this, but when you have the choice between a few different book covers, like how do you decide which one you, which one you should choose? It's the one that you like the most or is there, how do you go through that process? I know when I think about my book, you know, my, one of my secret goals is I want my book to be sitting in anthropology. So if it doesn't look like something that would sit in anthropology, it's not right yet. It's good. And you just, that part of your zone of genius is that you know intuitively. I know how that looks because I studied the books in anthropology. Right. Because I want to buy the books in anthropology and so does the lady that reads my books. Right. And that's your market research of paying attention to why you pick up certain books. So that's not every, that's only applies to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But we all have that in our own area. Right. Does it look like the book that would belong where you hope your book belongs? I try to think about that with when it comes to book launching. It's if, especially if you have a small list, if you have a small number of people that follow you, is I would think about who else do they follow? So like what other blogs are they going to? What other emails are they reading? What other Instagram accounts are they following? And is there a way for you to get your message into that stream? And so we know a proven strategy is to pay to get, you know, get your guest content featured on one of those blogs. Uh, maybe this might be surprising to some. Okay. Maybe. So a lot of times when you read, you, you know, the famous blogger and they're featuring somebody else's book, that person has paid for their content to show up. Um, Even though it looks like it's a personal endorsement yeah. from the I would person. call that an advertorial, like an yeah. advertisement doesn't editorial. Mean, yeah. It right. doesn't mean they don't believe in it. They just get paid to do it. They'll take the money for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe there's a way to partner. So, you know, you could maybe interview that person and then they interview you or maybe you could provide some content because, you know, people are always looking to share good content. So there are ways to build those relationships, but you don't want to do those the week before your book comes out, you know, to be a little bit more strategic and think who else is serving my audience or whose audience am I planning to serve as well and build those relationships. And I think that's a mindset shift from competitor to colleague, 
you know, and remember when somebody buys a book, it doesn't mean that's the only book they're ever going to buy. If they buy a book in your, in your niche, they're likely to buy other books in that niche as well. Mm -hmm. And so to build those relationships with other authors that are serving the same readers, I've seen that really benefit our clients that have launched books. I mean, one of the best things you could do as a first time author is get on book launch teams find out how they're doing it, but also help to get the word out about other people. Because in the future, when you have something to get out, hey, you're not just, at, it's not a cold ask, you're not asking them out of nowhere, but you've already helped to um, build that relationship. I've seen um, book proposal, recent book proposals of some current hope writers mm -hmm. who are pitching their own book and in their like experience section or marketing section, they say, I've been on these launch teams. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. So and I think smart. that's really smart mm -hmm. because it shows that you know how it works. Yeah. It shows that you are a team player. You ha you're building relationships. You know that it takes a launch team, you know, to do something. That's right. And so I think that's, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't ever on any launch teams when I because we didn't do that back you know a few years ago. But um, I think that's super smart. Also with Instagram, when you're thinking about Instagram, not just like having a lovely book, but um, coming up with a hashtag for your book. Like it's so simple, but search the hashtag before you choose one. Of see <laughs> what other things are already oh, in that yeah. hashtag, yeah. and if there are other things, maybe come up with something that there's not one. And I would also I don't know if this is this isn't necessarily a secret, but this is just personal preference. I think it's great to have a hashtag that doesn't have the word book in it mm. because then you, then you're always tied to the book rather than being tied to a message. And so yes. I think it's smart to have a hashtag that people can latch onto that's bigger than your book, mm -hmm. which is why we did it's simply Tuesday for my book, simply Tuesday, but I started the hashtag on Tuesdays nine months before the book ever came out. Even before I had announced the book, we, I started the hashtag. It was very intentional. It wasn't just like, I think I'll start a hashtag. It was like, no, I know I'm going to have a book coming out in nine months. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start this hashtag that's really about a mentality. It's about a perspective and got people on board with the hashtag. So then, and every book has a mentality or a perspective. No, yes. really, no matter what you're writing, figure out what that is. Now, granted, the, the book title was in the hashtag so that you want it all to fit. And it might not always work perfectly, but if you can avoid personally I like hashtags that don't have the word book in it um, but you can still do it it's fine especially if you have a a book with a phrase that's kind of common and then people are already hashtagging that so it, it can get tricky but that's just a little tiny tip but do at least the least search on Instagram the hashtag that you're going to use for your book before you use it because you don't want any weird surprises of that's like right. your <laughs> hashtag being populated with some strange like this sorority used that hashtag every year at their you know <laughs> just trust me <laughs> looked Don't. up some hashtags <laughs> just a little s simple search let me tell you what doesn't work comparison uh waking up in the middle of the night worrying and making a list any list that i make in the middle of the night <laughs> usually leads to nowhere good um that doesn't work obsessively checking your Amazon rankings is not a great book launch secret like but let me tell you like there is a certain just give yourself permission to do it on launch day. Yeah, like just go ahead, do it and, and do it to the extent that it's fun. And when it starts to make you feel crazy, like, like a crazy person, then you get to close your laptop and walk away. That's right. And then to close the window that you have open on your phone always that you keep going back to so you can like refresh the Amazon page, just close it so that in order to check it again, you have to like sign in or something. Like make <laughs> right. signing in your barrier <laughs> from checking something sometimes. Oh, wow. And also like, when you think about book, like the actual book launch week, I think it's important. I think that's one reason, Michael, and why your first book launch was so overwhelming for you was because 
during that book launch week, like you had just moved into a new house and some of that stuff you can't control. But like if, if you're looking at it and far enough in advance, you can actually think about your life and look at book launch week and, and you can control whether or not it's when your first child yeah. goes off to college that or could, not. That could be right. big. It yes. makes a big difference as far as how you feel about That's the whole good. thing. Because at a certain point, the publisher locks locks in the date yeah, and everything. Sure. And then you go, why didn't I think about that? Yeah, and they, I mean, they, you know. They don't want it to be when your child goes no. to college either. No, they they want you to present. be fully present, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I got married in January, and I well, now I wonder, why did you do that? Because now your anniversary is always coming up in the <laughs> middle cold. of freezing cold winter. <laughs> You know, one thing we did with one of the books that we launched is I I talked to my author client and I said, what would be a win for you on the first day? And it was Amazon sales ranking. And she wanted to be in the top 100 on her launch day. And she has a smaller list. So that was a attainable goal, but that was a stretch goal, you know, based on what we had seen kind of in the marketplace. And so she texted me in the top 100 on Amazon. And sure enough, on the day we, we cracked into the top 100, which means we met our goal. And then guess what happens? As soon as you meet your goal, you start to get excited about the next one. So then, you know, we wanted to get like in the top 50 and then it stressed us out. You know, it just stressed us out. And I remember (laughs) we had to pause at the the top we got was 79. And I took a screenshot of 79 and I sent her the screenshot and I sent her the text when we, um, that she had said top 100. I said, we met our goal and look, we're even at 79 right now. And that's good. Celebrate. Celebrate. Absolutely. So don't be frustrated. You didn't get in the top 50. If your goal was the top 100, have a goal, have a goal. That's important. But, but write it down before the craziness. Cause that just happens. Mm -hmm. You know, we start selling something or we start launching something and we just, we forget why we're doing it or we get really excited about something that doesn't really matter. You know, some people call it vanity metrics. Like, does it really matter that it was 79 and not 74 or not 40? It doesn't really matter. Did people get it? Are they reading the message? Is it making a difference in their lives? That's what should really matter. And so figure out what matters before all the madness happens. I think that's good. And two, just even just giving yourself permission to know, like, this is going to be a hustle. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do your life the normal way. You might not have the soul space that you need. So don't make it harder on yourself by also then beating yourself up over the fact that you're hustling because you have to hustle. That's part of the job. But just... But here's a, a clue. Six months before the book comes out, don't live in hustle mode. Like, just make it so that your life is such that you have some white space and balance so that when you are in launch mode, you can you know that it's not going to be that way forever. And then you don't burn out and never want to write another book again. I had some one more thing to say. Having your own book uh, launch party? That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> book release party. Okay. People, well... When release you, party, yeah. Yeah, release party. You know, like, people have those. And you see here's the thing on Instagram like people are always like if people are there then they're taking the pictures of like being at the party and then but then if you're an author you think oh my gosh am I supposed to do that like is that am you I supposed see, to you only see the ones that do it you don't see you don't all the ones see the that ones don't. that don't do it the question is do you have to do it do you have to do it the answer su- is no I'm supposed to do it yeah the answer is no the other answer is your publisher usually won't pay for it <laughs> people are like oh this is your, a party you're throwing your for yourself did your publisher ask you to do a book launch party no they don't care if you do a book launch party no. but like sometimes people don't know like they think like oh you have to do this it's part of the launch plan and book launch the purpose of a of a release party is to celebrate the release of your book. It could be for whoever you want to celebrate it with. It could be with your friends and family. It could be with your readers, whoever. But that's it's just know that, that you're planning an event. You're taking energy to plan that event. Usually money. It usually costs, you know. And 
so just know that if that's what you want to do, then that's going to have to be a part of your plan for the whole week or the right. whole couple your weeks. Your bucket of energy. You just use some yeah. of that energy. And I've done it both ways. And I've, I don't know still how I feel about the launch party situation. It's fun. I did a book launch party. It's fun. A release party. What we did, I was on the board of a, of a nonprofit that paints walls in, in a downtown city. And so it was like we were having the release of one of the murals the same week my book was coming out. So we thought, hey, why not make it fun? So we had kind of like a wine reception for the release of the of the wall, of the mural. But you can only look at a mural for so long, right? <laughs> so so we realized, wait a second, like we need an agenda here for this party. Like people are going to have wine and they're going to look at a mural for like five minutes. <laughs> so I was like, well, my book's coming out. and And the board was like, cool, let's do that. So the book was not for that target audience at all. But I felt so celebrated, oh. and it was so much fun. Thank you all for coming for me today. It was so much fun, and nobody, like, it wasn't to sell books, Yeah, right? Um, it did it bring some local media, and so we did have, you know, my, my name got out there, the book's name got out there a little bit, but more, it for me, it was a feeling of relief at the end of a season of hustle. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good good uh, point. Yeah, I could finally relax, yeah. and it was just like, okay, that phase is done. Now we know if you want to keep getting the sales, like it doesn't end at the book release party, but having a book release party felt like I can, I can share this with people that matter to me, even though the message of the book might not matter to them. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. And it really it's, it's kind of for you, like the, yeah. the release party, if that's your personality, it some is. people might, <laughs> it is he said, with we a know. twinkle in his eye. <laughs> oh, you all came for me. That's when the party's going to be. So it's you could make your book, your book, if, if you celebrate when you get a book contract and you go out to eat or something, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. With your family or your spouse, or if you celebrate when you, the, you turn, it in you turn in the final version if you say a book launch party or release sure. party it could be the same kind of thing only That's instead right. of doing it with your family you're doing it with all your friends or people who've helped or supported you I, people people love to hang out and celebrate and so why not give them a reason i have a it. reason why not why not because you have a bucket of energy for oh. the time when your book comes out and you need to decide if that's where you want to spend it. Brian Dixon has <laughs> to spend it there. You need to. Yes. But me... That fills your bucket of energy. Yeah. It really. does. Right. That takes yours. a chunk yeah. out of my bucket of energy that me and my publisher both would rather me spend on something that actually sells books. And once again, hope writers don't think of things as formulas. It just depends right. on who you are and what might work. So it depends on your book. But for me, a lot of my stuff is in uh, in a certain niche or certain industry. And so we get together and have conferences. And so a, be- a great way to celebrate it is at something that's already happening. So kind of piggyback off something that's, that's happening. Idea. So for example, um, you know, if there's like a women's conference and you write for women, like why not you know, celebrate your book at the women's conference, like have a meetup at night of people who are already at the conference. They've already flown from all over the country. And you're like, Hey, we're going to have a little book release party at the conference. It doesn't have to be in your hometown where you happen to be. It can be somewhere your readers are already gathering. Mm -hmm. And it's a fun way to get the word out. They're going to hashtag anything, hashtag it anyway, take pictures anyway. So it's like, you can sort of piggyback off of something that's already happened. Ends up being part of a launch. So fun. When I released my last book, I did it at a conference. And so Mm. it felt like a, you get a car and you get a car. It was like, (laughs) you can buy a book and you can buy a book. A little different, but yeah. And they did. The bow was big, you know? (laughs) But that's good too for anyone 
one that, I mean, we're writers. I want to sit in a cave. I don't want to be in front of people, but it kind of takes the pressure off when there's yes. other things. They're, they're not on. just for you. Yeah. That's always been my weird thing. And this is just mm-hmm. like totally me. Yeah. But like I, I, some, when I've done, I've done book release parties that I've paid for and thrown myself and it can get expensive. And then afterwards I feel stupid. Cause I'm like, I just threw myself a party. <laughs> And invited everyone to come. All that to say is, yeah, and I'm exhausted. And I thought, why did I do that? But then I, but then I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Once I've like had a good night's sleep and breakfast. If you're and if you're an introvert and you do like Brian said and you do it at another event, you can leave anytime. Yeah, that's not about you. I like that idea. Right. Sort of disappear. Well, has this helped? Is book launching maybe just a little less scary and mysterious? You always have more questions though, right? Well, there's a place where you're not alone in your questions. It's a place with answers. A whole community of writers on the same journey you are. Inside Hope Writers. You can join Hope Writers for just $1 for a week at hopewriters.com trial. It's the next best thing to your own personal writing mentor. Go inside Hope Writers right now for $1 for a week at hopewriters.com trial. We'd love to see you sharing in the Hope Writer Facebook group inside Hope Writers. That Facebook group is a super community where you ask questions and make friends and get encouragement. You can go inside Hope Writers now for a week for $1. Just go to hopewriters.com slash trial. In the next episode of the Hope Writer podcast, what is this Enneagram stuff all about? Well, it's all about you and who you are and how that affects your writing life. We'll talk with Ian Crone, author of The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey of Self-Discovery to help you know yourself better. That's the next episode of the Hope Writer podcast. And some final words of hope from writer Sidney Sheldon. A blank piece of paper is God's way of telling us how hard it is to be God. Thanks for listening.